Ek ken een paar woorde in Afrikaans, nie baie nie, my beste woord is boerewoors. Dis omtrent die lengte van my Afrikaans, dis wanneer, thank you. And that's Land Rover. <laughs> it's a, a wonderful opportunity. It's a privilege to get kids to work here. Om hier so te weer saam met julle van oogend. Ek verbaas Lene Netie met my Afrikaans. Sy het nie geweet dat ek a bykie kan praat nie, nee. Ja. But it's the first time I'm here, so it's awesome. And Conrad, it's so nice having you here and support and bringing your worship team to the visitors. My name is Kim uh, Miller. I serve out of uh, uh, Sunningdale. I'm uh, also known as Andrew's right-hand man. We do a lot. And uh, Len mentioned Worcester, and today is the first day of Bethlehem, our latest congregation that opens today. And Francois Stassen is there, and he starts in Bethlehem today. And is it next week? I thought it was today. See, I'm, I'm always one step ahead. Exhausted. <laughs> more, Lord, more. And, the, and it's exciting because, uh, you know, we've got, after next Sunday, 44 congregations. And by, uh, I think it's April, we have 46. And then uh, by the end of the year, we'll probably have 50 congregations, which is very exciting to see what God is doing amongst us. And you know, it comes from a place of faithfulness. And it's not just faithfulness that comes from the top. It's faithfulness, I believe, that comes from the bottom, from you people that have been proven to be faithful. And when the Lord sees the faithfulness of the saints, He blesses the church. He places His hand of blessing over us. So I can tell you, we've just come out of COVID. As you all know, we're still in Partially COVID. See, some of you guys are still wearing masks, which is fine. Got no problem with that. Uh, I don't have a problem with you not wearing masks. But uh, see, Hitch is going to go and fetch hers quickly. <laughs> but uh, the amazing thing about COVID is that whilst we're in COVID, we actually planted five new congregations. Now, it's almost impossible. You know, we're all in lockdown and five congregations opened. And since COVID started until now, we've actually opened 20 new congregations, which is phenomenal. You know, that's the hand of favor upon, from the Lord upon us as the saints, and we have proven to be faithful. We've had, just as a matter of interest, I'm digressing from what I'm going to preach on, but just to bring you up to speed in terms of the excitement that I feel in the Lord and what He's doing amongst us, you know, from uh, October a year ago until now, we've had 14,000 visitors coming through our church, through Joshua Generation. 14,000 mensen dier ons kerk. Besoekers. That's ongelooflik. It's unbelievable. Not only that, you know, during, when COVID ended, we know of churches. There's a church in Palakwane. My uh, cousin goes there. There's 3,000 members in that church. After COVID, they closed the church down. Nobody came back. We know a church in Cape Town um, where more than 30% of their congregation never returned after COVID. We're actually in one of their uh, um, facilities, one of their halls at the moment because they couldn't afford to pay the rent because the people didn't come back. They had to start consolidating and giving up property. But we have grown. You know, we've added uh, over 750 new members in the last six months, we've had over 376 first-time salvations. How amazing is that? So it's numbers, you know. So we get very excited about things like this because it's just God. You know, we can't take any credit or any glory. It's not because we call Joshua generation. It's because of people like you who have been faithful. You pray, you committed, and uh, you do what is right in the eyes of the Lord. And he places his hand of blessing over us. And I pray that his hand of blessing will remain over us. And as it's you guys who are on Facebook or Instagram or YouTube, you would have seen that this week we broke ground in Durbanville. We're starting our Durbanville uh, building. And uh, you know, other people are closing churches. We are building new churches. We're planting new churches. And I say, all glory to God. 
You know, he's been so faithful, you know, just in terms of generosity, your generosity in terms of giving. It's made things like this possible. So I want to thank you guys on behalf of Andrew. Andrew's on the Isle of Man at the moment. I spoke to him this morning. He sends his love. His wife, Emsie's at home, and uh, we're trusting that she gets better so she can have her kidney transplant in the next month uh, so she can start running alongside him. And uh, my wife was desperate to come here this morning. We got up at 6 o'clock, and by half past 6, she was dressed and ready to come, all made up and everything. And she just sat down and she said, no, she can't. She's got very high blood pressure at the moment, and uh, she's not careful. She just just falls over. So, But today is a very special day, and uh, today is about Len and Hetty moving forward into the Lord. I'll just touch on that very b- briefly and handing over the congregation, this beautiful group of people who are here. Who, by the way, I don't know most of you, but I can tell you that I love you all so, so much. I'm grateful that you are here in the Lord. And as a brother of Christ, I extend my love to you guys. I really do. And uh, I'll do anything for you guys. Live and take a bullet for you guys. How's that sound? And that's no joke. So what's going to happen to Len and Etty? Um, I firstly want to honor them for them taking over from Clarence, who I honor as well. I met his son uh, today for the first time. Now, Clarence has been doing a remarkable job. He's now in our um, Sunningdale PM congregation. I can tell you that he's moved around to many congregations within Joshua Generation. And the people absolutely love that man. He's one of the better preachers and teachers that we've got. So you guys helped shape him and mold him, and then you kicked him out and said, Genoeg nou, jy moet nou loop. Jy moet gaan preek, and jy, you must go and teach. And I can tell you this much, he's been an absolute blessing wherever he's gone. And now he's on the Sunningdale PM team, and it's a team that wasn't you know, really cohesive. And since he's there, they've found each other. And they bonded. There's a, there's a spirit of unity. And he's speaking directly into the people's lives, into the team's lives. And there's a wonderful sense of togetherness. And that's, you know, the anointing that he's come with. And you guys helped him to get there. And so he's really walking into more. And uh, it's something that I was going to say, but I'll say it now. For everybody that's here. Don't ever believe that God has put a full stop, a taken punt, after your name. A full stop behind your name. There's always just a comma. Because tomorrow you don't know what's going to happen to you. He can take you to places where you didn't think you'd go, including heaven. It can happen just like that. And the same with Len and Hetty. I mean, I, I think they've always dreamed about this to take on an apostolic type ministry where they can travel. I mean, I've never seen somebody that loves to travel as much as Len. <laughs> and he goes far distances. I'm not like that. Although, you know, and I'm grateful that we've come up with this new concept. Last year we started, we said, okay, we're going to have hubs because I'm supposed to visit every single congregation, all 44 of them, I'm supposed to oversee all the buildings, all the ministries, uh, what happens on uh, social media. That's all my job. And then just to get to the congregation, say, Kim, when are you going to come over visit? Come, 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 I'm coming. A year later, where No, I'm still coming. <laughs> so we had to come up with hubs, and a hub leader is now responsible of six to eight congregations, and he's doing what I should be doing. And then he comes to me and tells me how well you guys are doing or how well Jan and Lolly is doing. And he tells me about the six congregations. And that, that covers for us. So it's almost like a, a, I don't want to call it a structure, but it's just, you know, the word says, I, I remember when Moses, um, when they left Egypt and, and the people were having troubles and they queued outside of his tent to hear what the Lord had said. And his father-in-law came to him one day. You know, a father-in-law is better than a mother-in-law, they say. Because there's wisdom, and he gave him some wonderful advice. I'm not saying uh, mother-in-laws don't have wisdom. (laughs) 
Hechi's pointing a finger at me. Pass off. He's treading on sacred ground. But anyway, he said to her, what are you doing? You're going to kill yourself. He says, how can you minister and give words to a thousand people standing outside of your tent? He said, what you must do is take them and give them to people that are filled with wisdom and authority. Give them tens. Give them twenties. Give them fifties. Give them hundreds and give them thousands. And let them lead them. And let them speak to them what the Lord has laid on their heart. And it's the same thing that we're doing at the moment. We're saying, listen... We have over 6,000 people in Joshua generation at the moment. And it's absolutely impossible for me. You know, I met a couple of you today, and that's awesome. It's exciting. It makes my heart very warm. But I'd love to know you all. It's like Moses, he led, I don't know how many millions, three million, they counted the men only, three million men he led out of Egypt. Now just imagine knowing three million men by name. I mean, I could imagine him waking up in the morning and opening his tent saying, Envisie? <laughs> no, I've known you. You know, I walked into Sunningdale the other day. And uh, I haven't been there for ages. It should be my base church. And uh, I should know everybody there, but I probably haven't been there for about six months just visiting. I mean, then, this is the seventh congregation this year that I'm visiting. And uh, I go up to this couple and I say, Hi, I'm Kim. Are you New Year? He says, No, I've been here for a year already. <laughs> I'm feeling so clean, yeah. <laughs> Oops. And so um, we decided to create these hubs. And uh, what we also decided to do is create this operations team. And Lenny's now part of this team. We call it a core team. So um, the hub leaders will report to us. Although Len's still going to be a hub leader. 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 <laughs> he's going to be a hub leader. But he's going to go out. And he's going to... Assist the churches, the health, the growth, what is lacking, what is needed. As Just as Paul went into the churches, he went into the churches to see what was lacking. And then he, he said, okay, look, um, Johan, you've got Lolly, and she's the most incredible wife. She's bright, and, and she's beautiful, and she's far more intelligent than you. <laughs> She can go and teach in that congregation the ladies and equip them and everything. And you must look after the kids. <laughs> and that's how we're going to use Len and Eddie to see where they are needs and they're going to fill the needs and they're going to come back to myself and to this core team. And we're going to discuss it. We're going to talk with the ministry leaders. We're going to talk, you know, where's the worship? That, you know, the, the people need to be trained in worship. They need to be trained in this. And they need to be trained, yeah, or they need more, yeah. Or they need a drummer over here, or whatever. And we send the people to fill the holes and the gaps so that you can be strengthened and brought to a place of maturity. That's Ephesians 4.12. So we can be a healthy church, a Joshua generation which runs for the Lord. Okay, that was just the introduction. I'm get to my notes. But today is more about Jan and Lolly because we're going to take this beautiful bride, Joshua generation Worcester, dressed in that white robe. Now, I don't want to use uh, the gentleman's analogy of the white robe that has no power. This is a beautiful bride that has been developed and brought up and raised by Clarence and then passed onto Lynn and Hetty. And he took over, or they took over this bride and brought her to a place where they are now going to say, I'm going to give this bride to Johan, who's the groom. And he's going to accept you and walk you down the aisle to a place called the throne of heaven. And one day, he's going to stand next to us as elders, Andrew, myself, and he's going to have to give an account for every one that's sitting here at the moment. And all the people that God adds into this church. So remember, we've got to present a bride that is beautiful, white as snow, without flaw, without crinkle, and without blemish. Okay. So as we transition, Len and Johan, God, never, as I said, never puts a full stop. Even this church, there's not a full stop behind you guys. We don't know how long you're going to be in this venue, but the nice thing is there are plenty of venues here in Worcester. And you guys are probably sitting at about 80 to 90 people at the moment. 
I think and I believe and I'm trusting that this congregation is going to grow to you over 200 people here in Worcester. That the people are going to find the life of Jesus Christ here, the fountain of life, the river that runs from the throne. And you guys are going to be so excited and passionate about the things of Jesus. And your lives are going to be changed and it's going to be remarkable. So we're going to see Len handing over this church as a dad, handing over his daughter to Johan, which is awesome. So Len has watched you guys growing up. He watched you over the last nearly three years, eh? One year. Fifteen months. So he's watched you growing, and uh, he's helped shape your characters gently, I believe. I hope it wasn't too many clubs. Very gentle. Yeah, Lent's changed a lot, eh? <laughs> and, uh, you know, he taught you very important Joshua generation values and disciplines. And now he's taking you. And he says, look, I love this girl. I love this bride. And now, Johan and Lolly, you guys are going to have to take care of her. And as the dad, he knows that you're not perfect. Where are you sitting at the moment? I'm not perfect. The only time we're going to reach perfection is when we're standing in front of Jesus Christ one day. In our new glorious bodies. And I love that. When he says, when you are in front of him, you'll be given a new glorious body. And I can't wait for that new glorious body of mine. I'm going to be tall, dark, and handsome like your hun. Nish court in fed in the raunt. And he knows that you've got some flaws, you've got some insecurities, like any father that hands over his, his, his daughter. He knows she's not perfect, and he knows. But he also believes and he trusts that Johan's going to help her, protect her, and look after her. So I'm going to refer to a scripture quickly, and it's Isaiah chapter 43, verses 1 to 4. But now, thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I've called you by name, and you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel. Your Savior, I give Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Seba in exchange for you. Because you are precious in my eyes and honored, and I love you, I give men in return for you, peoples in exchange for your life. And that is what God is saying to you this morning. These are awesome words from God for us. And this is a wonderful example. If you just go and study that in the various versions, in the ESV, the NIV, and the NLT, and just see what God is saying to you as individuals. He says, I love you so much. And there are four things that I'd like to take out of that scripture for you. The first thing that I take over this is, you are mine. And that is about ownership. And your hand's going to look at you and he's going to say, you are mine. I've been entrusted to care for you, to look after you, to take a bullet for you, to be with you through tough times, through good times. When you're going through grieving moments, I'm going to be there. When you're giving birth to a child, I'm going to be there with you. When you're going through financial difficulties, I'm going to be with you because I care for you. And I love you so much because you are mine. And so they are going to get to know you intimately. And personally, they want to know the insides and the outsides of your life. That's called accountability. What's accountability in Afrikaans? And the reason why I know that I had to go to, um, we was Andres Louis Church in, no, no. Kitman's whip. And uh say, Engelsman. As jij in Engels praat, dan stop allemaal. Want hulle verstaan nie Engels nie. 
hulle sal jou vijf minuute gee en dan trap hulle. En dan sê ek, what? I can't even speak Afrikaans, let alone preach in Afrikaans. So I sat there with a dictionary. And one of the things I had to uh, come up with was the word accountability. And I am, was it? For an word Viking Afrikaans. Yeah. Okay. I prefer Burevors. This <laughs> is So Johan and Lolly are going to get to know you guys pretty well. You know, I know the people that I've shepherded. I used to be the uh, lead elder in Edgemead, and I was there for four years. I knew those people intimately. I knew them by name. I knew their kids. I knew them their birthdays. I used to send them messages and voice notes. I used to visit them. And the interesting thing is we lived in Tableview, which is seven kilometers away from Edgemead. But never did we have people in our home. We always went to their homes to minister to them, to love them and enjoy a meal. We used to take food to the people out of care and out of love because we wanted to be with them in their place, in their homes and that. It wasn't come and make an appointment to see the pastor. No, we wanted to be with them and say, listen, we love you guys. We want to be in your house with you. Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. Open the door so I can come in and have a meal with you. Now, I'm not Jesus. I'm just a guy like you. Let me just put it out there. I'm an ordinary guy. I'm not a special person. Just an ordinary guy. But I love the people so much. And it was hard when Andrew said, no, I need you to come and do something different. You see, that's the comma in my life. And I do believe there's still another big comma in my life. I don't know what God's got in store for me next. But we're always on the move. You know, when we stick our hands up, ask Conrad, ask Johan, ask Glenn. They were all at the elders camp once. And... Um, Andrew put it out there. He says, are you willing to give your life to the Lord? He said, yes, we all do. He says, if you are willing to go anywhere, anytime, any place, at any cost, raise your hands. That's a big price to pay. Because now we're doing this in front of God. In God. These three men, including myself, stuck their hands up and said, yes, God, we'll go anywhere, anytime, any hour. Len and Etty were very comfortable in Swellendam. Like a blade eye, watched their family grow up, planted uh, some of your best guys out, both your son-in-laws went. And they, um, one's in Stillby and the other one's looking after Swellendam at the moment. And then we said to Len, Len and Etty, Len, you guys need to come to Worcester. You must pick up your bags, track your yellow haze, come to Worcester. It was not Yamar of off of bat or anything like that. He said, Yes. Aga. Now he's been here for 15 months, 16 months, and we're saying, Len, take this beautiful family and entrust it into Johan and Lolly's hands. So as we, as we do this handover in a few minutes, we are going to be transferring that responsibility now. And so God, in that message over there, he assures us. That we no longer belong to ourselves. That we belong to Him. And he, we have been bought at a cost with Jesus' precious blood. So as you sit here, some of you may not know Jesus. But He, you know, that uh, picture that that young... What's your name, sir? Johan. And Johan brought that picture. And, and you know that robe drenched in blood. That is the price that Jesus bought you with. He purchased you. And if you've made a commitment to Jesus Christ... You gave your life to him. Lock, stock, and barrel. You can't say, yes, but God. They say, yes, God. Anywhere, anytime, any cost. I will pick up my cross daily and follow you. Because when God looks at you, he no longer looks at you through the grid of who you are and where you are. Sinful. You know, our flesh, our thoughts, our minds, our heart. Everything about us is fraught. Sinful. But the day that we accepted Jesus Christ, we put on that robe and he looks at us through the lens and through the grid of Jesus Christ. And he says, my son, my daughter, you are perfect in his image. Perfect. The second point I'd like to 
share with you is in that verse, it says, I will be with you. And that's about protection. And God assures us that no matter what we go through in life, He is always with us. His word also says, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Such a wonderful verse. You know, if you ever want to make a fridge magnet, if you don't have a fridge ma- a magnet, take a permanent marker and go and write on your fridge. God says to me, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. You know, it's so comforting, we, Len, uh, that song that we we're singing, um, uh, shout out the name of Jesus. You know, shout Yahweh, Yahweh, and he said, change Jesus. I'll tell you a quick story. Um, every time something significant is going to be hap- uh, happening in my life, you know, Andrew's going to move me, he's going to change my life, the demonic come and they physically attack me. I, I woke up one night and this demon was sitting on top of me. And I can tell you that was the most awful sight that I could ever see in my life. And he had pinned me down and he had his hand around my throat so that I could hardly breathe. And it smelled like sulfur, burning sulfur. You know, if you shot a gun or a cordite, You'll know what I'm, I'm, I'm going. I couldn't move because he had pinned me down. And I was going. And my wife woke up and she saw that there was something wrong. She couldn't see the demon. But the thing was sitting on top of me. I can't even describe, describe the thing. And she put her arm in me and she shouted, Jesus. And in that moment, the thing disappeared like that. It's power in the name of Jesus. Amen? Okay. So there will be times in your life when you feel like you're in deep waters, doing everything to keep your head above. It could be financially, it could be personally, it could be your kids are sick at the moment, and you feel, ah, I just can't anymore. Know that God is with you, and He will keep your head above water. And sometimes we might not even be aware that God is amongst us, but He is. I mean, God is here right now. He's with us. He's ever-present. And we need to look at him as our anchor, as our security. And you know in the vows which a married couple exchanged, the, the, the couple declared to one another, I will hold you for better and for worse. And many of us, when it comes to the worst part, we want to bail. Eh? No, no, we've got to stick, stick through. And I'll tell you a story about me as well. And in sickness and health, no matter what you go through, Johan and Lolly, are going to be here for you. I'm telling them. I'm not asking. <laughs> they will be here for you. And, uh, you know, as I said, during tough times and good times. And I remember before we got saved, my wife and I, we got saved in October 2003. I used to be the managing director in a, in a, in a company. And they had a lot of power. And uh, it was very easy to go away on conferences, and they say, what happens on conference stays on conference. And Aquas Biostote, I got up to lots of mischief. I didn't have one affair. I possibly had eight affairs with different women, slept with women. And I thought it was okay. I didn't know better. And I thought, everybody does, you know. You're going to have a good time. You used to drink, and the women all became very attractive, and I became very, um, I can't think of the word, bold. Is that the word? No, I was just very naughty. Prescriptic. And um, my, just before we got saved, my wife found out about this. And the one woman who had a fling with, seven years before the time, she phoned uh, Laureen and she said, your husband is having an affair with my wife. And Laureen approached me and she said, is this true? And I said, yeah, but that was seven years ago. If it mattered, I'd broken the trust that she had for me. And she was devastated. And the following year, Laureen and I got saved. And everything was brought into the open by the Lord, through the Holy Spirit. And when we accepted Jesus Christ into life, He became the center of both of us. And I remember the day I said to Laureen, Laureen, you know what? I love Jesus Christ more than I love you. She was so miffed with me. She said, was quiet with me. And it was about six months later, she came to me, I love God more than I love you. And I said, excellent, she's got it. But Jesus has brought us together. We've now been married this year for 42 years. And our relationship with one another is stronger than it's ever been. 
every aspect of our relationship, from friendship to intimacy, is far better than the day we first met. And that is because we have Jesus at the center of our lives. The third point that I'd like to share with you is that he said, you are precious to me. So there's value. He values you. You are precious to me. There's not one person that's sitting here who's made a commitment to serve Jesus Christ that God is saying, mm, no, you're not precious to me. He looks at each one of you in the eyes and he grabs your heart and he says, you, Conrad, Johan, Len, Hetty, are precious to me. If I knew all your names, I'd run through them, but I don't. But you can know this. We are precious to God. This is because he allowed Jesus to die a horrible death on the cross so that he could be close to us again. I mean, sin caused an eternal separation. And because we didn't make a, a commitment to serving Jesus, we remained separated from him. But he made a way for us to get back to a place of intimacy with him where he can look at you and say, Son, daughter, you are special to me. So special that I took my only son and I crucified him. I allowed him to die. He took all his sins on himself. All your sins. Past, future, present. And he nailed them to the cross so that you can be in relationship with me. So that I can look at you and say you are special. You are precious to me. How awesome is that? You don't have to jump through hoops. You don't have to say 15,000 prayers and put a mat on the ground and go, you know. No. You just have to say, I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. And then you are instantly in the presence of the Lord. If a man confesses with his mouth that Jesus is his Lord and Savior, Jesus himself will confess you in front of his Father. See, when we look at Jesus, everything becomes worthless in comparison to being in a relationship with him. My life is 100% sold out to Jesus Christ. I live, sleep, eat, and drink Jesus. People say to me, Kim, what do you do for fun? Church. What do you do to relax? Church. What do you do when you go to bed? Church. What do you think of during the day? church. You are the church. You are what God has entrusted into our care. I can't stop thinking about you. That's the seed that God has planted in my heart, is to love his bride passionately. I want to be amongst the elders that step forward one day next to Andrew and take this beautiful bride called Joshua Generation say, Lord, Yahweh is your beautiful bride without flaw, without blemish, without wrinkle or stain. And then we're all here. Well done, my good and my faithful servant. Can't wait for that day. So we're completely committed to you. Hey, on. See, nothing is more valuable in the life relationship we will share. And you need to make sure that you know how precious each one of you are. The word says, encourage one another daily. Now I'm going to ask you as a congregation to encourage these two. They're going to feel the pressure. They're going to feel the weight. The weight and responsibility is being transferred from Lenehesi onto these two. And they've got kids and Lolly's working very hard and Johan's not going to work not so hard. No, I'm joking. He's going to work very hard. But the responsibility, the weightiness, because he's got to give an account from, for every one of you. Every word that comes out of his mouth over your lives, every thought that he thinks about you, he's going to have to give an account to God one day. And remember, he's going to be judged twice as much as you do. Twice as much. So that's a massive burden. Matthew is going gray already. Chick <laughs> is sliding down in his chair every time I speak. <laughs> 
So encourage one another daily. Encourage Johan and Lolly. Invite them inside your home. I remember when we joined Edgemead, I think for the first three months, Laureen never cooked a meal. We were invited into people's homes. Come and have a meal with us. Come and share. And it was so awesome. It was so intimate. It was so special that we got to know them. Them and their families. And it was great. Just absolutely love it. The fourth point, the most important point, I believe, and the final point that I want to share with you, he says, I love you. I love you. And love is one of the most misunderstood words today. I can't tell you how many times I hear uh, people say that they don't love their spouses anymore. Oh, I don't love my husband anymore. I don't love my wife anymore. It's time to move on. You know, I've fallen out of love. Or you get the alternative. Oh, I love going to movies. I love riding my bicycle. Oh, I love eating. Oh, I love cooking. See, love is so much more than a feeling. Love is, in fact, a decision that you're going to make. I choose to love this couple. I choose to love that man. I choose to love Lenin and Hetty. I choose to love you guys. And I do. And you can test it one day. I wonder if Kim really loves me. Test me. It is an act of your will. It's something that you have to make your mind up about. Actually, in the words is love one another. So I choose, not only because God tells me to, but I choose because it is right. Whether I believe it or not, God said it, so it's got to be right. So I will love you. And they, Johan and Lolly, will Love you. Even when it doesn't feel like it. You know, I said sometimes people make you prickly. Sometimes you see that difficult person coming and you say, Lord, get me out of here quickly. I need to run. Here comes the difficult person again. But God says, no, stand and love them. No matter how difficult, how hard and how complicated they are, love them. And if you're looking to join a perfect church, Don't join it, because you'll make it imperfect. Okay? So you all know this. Chapter 13 in 1 Corinthians. It's called the love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13. You normally say this at weddings. But I want you to change the love to your name. Okay? Where it says love. We're going to read it now. I'm going to use Johan as an example. Johan is patient. Johan is kind. He does not envy. He does not boast. He's not proud. He is not rude. He's not self-seeking. He is not easily angered. And he keeps no record of wrongs. Johan does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Johan always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Uh, yeah. And then 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And now these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. And love always covers a multitude of sins. So I'm asking you as, as a bride as people, as couples, as individuals, to love Johan and Lolly, just as they have been tasked to love you. And I can tell you a little story. And this is quite serious. And it's one of those, even though, even though they did that, you still got to love them. And some of you met Mac last night, or the last few days of the marriage counseling course. We were in my house, and there was a couple that were very difficult at the time, and they were going through a very difficult time. And Andrew and Emsie were there, Laureen and myself were there, Mac and Nordine were there, and this couple were there. My grandson was sitting upstairs, and Mac and Nordine's daughter were sitting upstairs in my house. 
And there came a moment where the guy got so upset with Mac. I'm telling you, for 15 minutes, he was shouting and swearing. I mean, worse than the worst of sailors that you know. On top of his voice. He took a cup of hot tea that I just made, made him. And he threw it at Mac. It hit my wall and broke in a thousand pieces. Coffee, glass all over the show. And he came up to Mac with his finger on the, and he's, he's about my height. And Mac, like this, Mac! Echon, you know. And Mac said, Guti, if you lift the hand up to me, I'm going to hit you through that front door. I only turned and Andrew was sitting, and Andrew was sitting like this with his hands on, and he was just praying in tongues. You could see him praying in tongues. And he came and he stood. And this was Andrew's head. He came and he stood like this, right here by, like this. Andrew's head was here. Also, I is going to him up. And then he went and sat down. Yeah, you know, was less on interspring. <laughs> she just damaged my wall. <laughs> Broke my cup. <laughs> Who's going to clean the mess? Mac looks up at him and says, Woody, I love you. And as he said that, this man broke and just started weeping and weeping. And Mac got up. And went and knelt in front of him and embraced him. Andrew got up and went and held him and embraced him. And he cried and cried. And I'd say cried. It wasn't... It was... <laughs> type of cry. Loud wailing as God started ministering to him. So even though he did what he did, shouting on top of his voice, swearing at us, threatening us, we still loved him. Even though he did that. And that is what we call to do. Even though. 1 John 3.18 says this. Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. But with actions and in truth. It's very easy to say, oh, I love your hand. But behind his back he goes, Skinner. So I know another Afrikaans word. <laughs> If you are able to love this way, your relationship will succeed and unity will prosper. So, Jan, I'm going to read a little scripture for you out of 1 Timothy 6.20. Johan, God, what has been entrusted to your care, turn away from godless chatter and opposing idea of what is falsely called knowledge. Mm-hmm. Okay, it goes on. No, that's it. For by professing it, some have swerved away from the throne, from the throne, from the faith. Grace be with you. And to you guys, I leave you with two scriptures as well. Behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. Psalm 133. Verse 1. So do everything possible to remain in unity. And then 1 John 4.20 to 21. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he's a liar. Oh my hat. Just imagine being called a liar by God. The second last chapter in Revelation, the two types, well there's a whole lot of types, but two that stand out for me. The two types of people that won't go into heaven. Liars and cowards. Now, many of us skate on that line of being cowards, but I don't want to go there yet. God will ask you, please go and witness to that person. Speak or tell them about the good news of Jesus Christ. You say, no, Lord, not me. That's your hun's job. Frightening, eh? But that's a preach for another day. For anyone who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God who he has not seen. And he has given us this command. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. So turn to the person to your left. Turn to the person to your right. And genuinely say, actually I do love you. Now, do it. 
Chigalini Nichi. You must say I love you to your wife. You miss Sunni. So I'm very excited for you as a congregation, Vista. I think this is a new season that you guys are going into. We're very excited that you've got a young couple that's going to take this congregation and run through walls for Jesus with an excitement, a, ze- a zealousness, and a passion. But they're not going to stand still. They're not going to mock time. They're not going to tread water. They're actually going to run with you guys. And I'm asking you to embrace them, love them, and run with them. And I'm honored and delighted to be able to be part of this special moment. So I'm going to ask you guys, are you ready to embrace and receive Johan and Lolly as your new lead couple? Yes? yes? Doesn't sound like it. Where's that passion and enthusiasm? Yes, yes. Awesome. Let's pray for Johan and Lolly. Come. You can come stand in front of Johan. We're going to pray for you guys. You guys can stand and stretch out your hands. I'm going to ask Len. Conrad, well actually let's ask Conrad to pray. He's also an elder in the church. Great stuff. Thank you, Lord. Lord, thank you for being here, Lord. And I thank you, Jesus, that you are building your church and the gates of hell will not prevail against her. So, Father, thank you for this privilege that we can lay hands on Johanna and Lolly, Lord, and set them aside uh, for this task at hand, God. Uh, Lord, I pray that your anointing will come upon them, Lord, as they take hold of the plow. Lord, I thank you as a body, as a people, as a family, as part of your bride, Lord. We'll be in their kidneys, Lord. We'll run this race with them. We'll labor alongside of them, God. I thank you, Lord, that you raise up people close to them, Lord, to, to be friends to them, Father, to blow wind in their sails, to speak truth to them in love, God. Thank you, Father, for this new season, Lord, that you're ushering in, Lord. Bless you, Father. Father, ook of jy dankie sê vir die tyd wat ek en Hetty die verantwoordelijkheid gevat het, die mantel gevat het, die voorrecht gehad het om hierdie gemeente te lei van die dag wat hy ons hier naartoe gebring het. Jere, ons het net besef hoe wonderlik mense in die oor is en die kerk van Jesus is. Dankie vir die tyd wat ons ons self kon gee vir hierdie mense, Jere. Maar ons het altyd in ons harte geweer, dag aan dag kom, dat hy ons gaan aanskuif. En ons, dit het baie gloor gebeur, as wat ons ooit verwacht het. Ons het nie geweet wanneer nie, maar ons het geweet, jy, jy is bezig met ons, jy is bezig met die gemeente, en jy is ook bezig met die twee mense. Dankie dat alles saam met ons gekom het. Dankie jyre, dat ek net in my hart altyd ervaar het, dat Johan het en Lolle het hulle skouwer saam met ons onder die juk ingedruk. Yes. En dat hulle saam met ons getrek het. Dankie vir die unity wat ons beleef het, Heere. Dat hy vir my een seen, dat hulle vir ons een seen en een dochter kon word, wat ons so lief het, Heere. En dankie dat ek vandag kan bid, dat hy in, in hierdie oomblik, dat hy die verantwoordelijkheid vir hom gee, dat hy die mantel vir hulle twee gee, Heere. En dat hulle kan sê, ja, hier is ons. Ek dankie dat het nie een juk is, wat skaaf en wat seer maak, he, want hy sê, hy juk is sag en die las is licht. Maar dankie dat jy hulle gaan kruis, jyre, dat jy hulle gaan salf, dat jy hulle gaan enable, dat jy hulle kapasiteit sal gee. Ons weet, jy is nog ene keer op pad, en as nou soveel seens en man in die huis, dat jy vir Lolly sal kruis, om haar te help om hulle groot te maak, soos wat hulle moet groot worden. Jyre, ek weet net, dat ons hoef nie spanning te heen. Ek wil net volgend vir jylle sê, it's not a place of stress. It's a place of joy, fruit, fruitfulness, a place of grace and anointing that the Lord will give you to say yes for this, this morning. Yes, to be able to care for the bride, to care for the sheep as a shepherd. Father, I pray this morning that you will just empower them, give them wisdom, enlarge their territory, and even give them much more relational capacity, Father. Thank you for their open house, Lord, open home. They receive so many people, and they've hulle het soveel meer gedoen as wat ek en Etty kon doen, jyre, want ons was ook maar bezig gewees, maar ek weet, jyre, dat hierdie is een goeie seizoen, wat ek die stokkie vir Johan kan gee, en sê, run the race, my friend, run the race, Johan, you're gonna do it, not in your own power or ability, but in the grace of the Holy Spirit, run the race. 
Never look back, but look to Jesus every day. Elke dag net jou oor op om gevestig hou. En ek dankie jyre, dat jy self vandag kom, en hierdie jongman in Eibel, dankie vir die calling wat op sy leven is jyre, dat dit net kan sien hoe dit een seizoen is, wat het, ja, dit gaan soos levende water wees, wat vloei, vader. En dat jy hom sal gift vir elke taak wat hulle nodig het, al twee van hulle. Ek bid vandag aan besonder vir hulle hevelik, jyre. Ek wil bid dat jy dit sal beskerm, dat jy vir hulle, ja, net die vermoes wil gee om dier al die challenges nader aan mekaar te kom, en dat hy wil be a testimony to the Lord. Hierdie, hierdie hevelik van hulle, a krachtdadige getuinis sal wees vir jy, vader, in Jesus' naam. En ek sê vir jy, dankie daarvoor. Vader, ek bid vir Wooster, ek bid vir de Dorens, verklaar vandag dat, ja, jy bou die kerk, it's yours, it's not ours, thank you for Johan en Lolly, and for these people, it's yours, vader, en ek weet, ek kan jy ten volle vertrouw vir wat jy gaan doen, jyre, jy soveel wat voorle, Tulbach het gebeur, ons weet, dat Dorens gaan gebeur in die toekomst, Robertson, Leda, jyre, hy is plekke hier rondom ons, Rosenwil, al hierdie plekke, ek bid jyre, dat die kerk sal groei, dat daar soveel getuinis sal wees, dat this will become a base church for the surrounding areas. Jere, dankie dat die leiers is, wat gaan opstaan, dat Johan en Lolly een span sal vorm rondom hulle, dat hulle nie die model sal breek van dat alles begin en eindig by Johan en Lolly. Nee, jere, dankie dat dit een lichaam is wat gaan saamwerk, dat elke ookie sy plek gaan vind en dat jy geëer sal word met wat gebeur in hierdie plek. Ek dankie vir oogend vir hierdie prachtige woord van Kim, jere. Ach, Heere, my hart is net so vol vir wat jy bezig is om te doen. Ons is maar allemaal net instrumente in die hand, Heere. Net vir een seizoen. Net vir een seizoen. Johannes die dooper was 3,5 jaar gebruik, Heere. Of 6 maanden gebruik. 6 maanden gebruik. En die woord sê, niemand was groter voor hom of na hom nie. So dankie dat ons nie sal kyk na, dat die gewicht van die goed nie, maar van die bereidheid om te sê, hier is ek. En ek dankie daarvoor in Jesus naam. So I'm just going to say a very short prayer for Jan and Lolly. Well, ask God whilst you guys are... You can sit down if you want to. Father, I just uh, request the same prayer. When uh, you asked Solomon what he wanted, and he could have asked for many things, riches, territory, kingdoms, but he asked for wisdom to lead your people. And I pray that you anoint and bless your honor and lolly with wisdom to lead. You call, Lord, your people, your special bride, every one of them. In Jesus' special name, precious name. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Thank you, Vista. It was awesome being here with you this morning. Um, so you, there are a couple of visitors. I met a couple of you guys here early on. Um, so we did speak a lot about Jesus this morning. We spoke about him dying on the cross for us. And also uh, spoke about how easy it is to get into a relationship with Jesus. So if you don't know Jesus, you'd like to meet him. Um, you want to get into a relationship with him. Please come and speak to either Johan, Lolly, uh, Conrad or myself afterwards. We'd love to introduce you to our wonderful Lord and our Savior. My life has never been the same since I gave to Jesus. I'm a new man, <laughs> new creation. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. God bless you. And I look forward to you being here again.